I fall asleep up here today, just throw something at me. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness to us. And, and uh, what we pray this morning is that you would minister your word to us, that you would say to us exactly what you would say. Uh, God, that you would uh, uh, take my thoughts and bring them into line with uh, what you're wanting to say. God, that you would plant this word inside of us and that you would prosper it as only you can in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Something about going to uh, weddings always makes me uh, reminisce about uh, uh, about mine. Then uh, then I get thinking how long ago that was. You start talking about it with people that were there, and then you all just kind of feel old together. So uh, yeah, this uh, this. Spring will make uh, 19 years for Cynthia and I, so it's it's been a while. Uh, go with me to Philippians 1. So if you were there yesterday, you had a great time. If you weren't, you probably got a great night's sleep. I'm not sure which was better. The older I get, the more I think I like sleep. You know, when you have little kids, you try and explain to them, it's like, someday, sleep is going to be such a valuable thing for you. It's like, why would you not just stay in bed and sleep? It's like, oh, but the world is spinning without me. Like, yes, yes, I suppose it is. And then they go to school. And then on Saturday morning, they're up bouncing around the house at like 6 in the morning, but then... Every other day of the week, it's like you're dragging them out of bed with wild horses. So. And me, same thing. Yeah, my alarm goes off in the morning and I just kind of think, no, no. Uh, so, so how many of you are his workmanship? How many of you are your workmanship? I was expecting a lot more hands because not very many people raised their hands the first time. So, okay. How many of you are not sure? Okay. <laughs> the correct answer is, I'm his workmanship. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's always that uh, temptation to lick the beaters, you know, when you're helping your mom make a cake. You just want to make sure that the blender is shut off first. And... <laughs> But you know, um, you know, sometimes uh, helping God with your life can be like that. <laughs> it's like, wow, I kind of wish I wouldn't have stuck my finger in there. And uh, you know, but uh, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, God does these things in our life, and He makes us what He wants us to be, and and He gets that stuff done. And there are things where he needs our participation and our cooperation, and there are things where he does not. And and I think a lot of times that's where we get kind of hung up on what part am I supposed to be doing and, and all that. 
Uh, so here in Philippians 1, um, it says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's a precious thing because, um, you know, I like how he says that he he's, he thanks God when he thinks about about the, these Philippians uh, because he's confident that God is going to get the stuff done in their life. You know, it's easy to um, get discouraged when you see something going on in somebody's life and you think, oh, and... Uh, uh, or when you see something in your own life even and you look in the mirror and you think, again, really this thing, again. And first you guys all seem like decent people. That probably doesn't happen to you. But um, <laughs> that was an interesting chuckle. <laughs> uh, you know, Cynthia got to Sarah this little magnet for her birthday that said, we'll always be friends because you know too much. Oh. So <laughs> So, yeah, she got that. Mike and I just kind of looked at each other across the table and nodded knowingly. It's like, indeed. It's like, if they know too much, just imagine. Uh, but, you know, but uh, that's the thing, though, is knowing that that's the difference between being your own workmanship and being God's workmanship and recognizing that in, in the people around us. Because you can be discouraged uh, or you can be confident that God's going to get the stuff done in them just like He's going to get the stuff done in you. And sometimes it's easier to figure that God's going to get it done for them than He's going to get it done for you. Because, of course, you live with you. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, I, I know, right? So, you know, I don't, and uh, you know, we all have that. It's funny because we all have this perception of how we are. Like kind of this mental image of ourself, and then there's the actual self, you know, and, and we have that on the outside. I mean, every time I put an outfit together, I think, this is going to look awesome. And then I look in the mirror and I think, oh yeah, well, it does look good, but it could look better, you know. But, you know, but we have that same kind of thing uh, emotionally. It's like, you know, a lot of times we see ourselves a certain way, maybe in a negative light. It's like, well, I'm actually, you know, I'm kind of a neurotic mess and I've got, you know, this thing and that thing and, you know, and I have to touch the light switch just so when I leave the room and, you know, and God doesn't see us like that. You know, He sees us as His workmanship, as a work in progress and, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we'll go tour the, the job sites, mostly Mike does this, but, you know, go by where our guys are working and, check stuff out and you know and you point things out to them and it's like well it's a work in progress I get that but you know we need to make sure that this thing gets gets handled you know and there's nothing like seeing a job that's only halfway finished to make you think ooh <laughs> like you're not going to leave it like that are you you know and uh so sometimes when we look at our own life that's what we're looking at is the job half done if you've ever 
gone to a house that, uh, um, like, they've just got it built, but it's brand new. There's no no concrete yet. There's no uh, you know, no paint, no sheetrock. No, it it's like it's uninhabitable. <laughs> you know, it's like we wouldn't want to live here. It's not ready for that yet, and it it doesn't look all that attractive. You know, and then you know you you get it all finished, and it's like, wow, this is really great. So we look at our life sometimes, and it's like driving up to that house that they just finished framing it in, and you think, oh. But that's only today. That's only where we're at in the project right now. And what he says here is that being confident of this very thing, he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And I like this word, you know, performing, because uh, what he means is he'll finish it. And, and I like that even better. It's like that he which has begun a good work in you will finish it. Um, you know, because uh, there's there's something about, you know, you start a project of some kind, any kind, and uh, there are days that it doesn't feel like it's going to work very well. You know, if you've ever, like, sat in your living room with a, a little box and, like, all the little baggies of little parts and everything is labeled with letters and stickers and... You know, you get this, you know, awesome thing and some assembly required and, like, you know, the instructions should say something about, you know, it's like, you know, here's the tools you're going, you know, things you will need. It's like, you know, a wrench, a screwdriver, a hammer, a list of expletives and, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, that, that was kind of my childhood actually. Like I spent a lot of time watching my dad try and put stuff together like that and curse and grunt and swear and throw things. And, um. So there are those dark moments when you're putting some sort of project together where you think this is not going to work. Um, I have lots of those days at work where uh, I messed something up. And then when it finally rolls back around to me, it's like, dang it. You know, and you just kind of slam your head in your desk drawer a few times. But then you realize, well, it's just life. You know, and as a wise man once told me, it's just work, uh, which was, you know, it was very wise, although he was actually using it to tell me to, you know, quit complaining. But, um, so we, we have these projects in our life that are half done, and, and it's not that we've quit on them, we're just, they take time. And, and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, Jesus is there with his uh, with his hammer and his screwdriver, and he's putting all the stuff together. And we're just kind of standing there holding his tools, and uh, just, you know, catching frogs and and all that kind of stuff while he's while he's getting stuff done in our life. And and then we get nervous because we're not we don't feel like we're doing anything, and it doesn't seem like it's like well I'm not really helping. I was actually just kind of standing here. But uh, there's nothing like being in a really awkward spot, like, say, under a car or something, and have have somebody to actually hand you the tools instead of, like, crawling out and getting it and, and all that stuff. That's why some genius invented those little little thing with the wheels on it. You know, 
Back when I used to work on my own cars, I didn't have one of those, nor did I have the ramps. So if I couldn't get under my ribs under there and reach it, it was not going to happen. But um, So God gets these things done in us. And, and he, he finishes the stuff that he starts, and and that's a precious thing because you know he you know he gave Jeremiah that vision of the uh, the the potter. He's like you know go down to the potter's house, watch him work on this vessel, and and he works on this vessel and uh, and it and it was, didn't come out right. It came out marred, it said, and. Uh, as you know, every little clay project I ever made in school looked like. You know, marred was a good word for it. And, uh, you know, it's like those things you bring it home to your parents and like, oh, this is great. Tell me about it. <laughs> That's parent ease for, what is this? <laughs> you know, I don't know how many times I've looked at one of my kids' drawings and been like, oh, this is a really great so-and-so. And they look at me like, it's not a so-and-so, it's a such-and-such. See, here's... And then, of course, you just play it off like, oh, oh, sure. No, and yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. My bad. But so this this vessel was marred, and so the, the potter starts over again with it. Takes this clay, he's like, okay. Like, crumples it up. Never mind, let's start over again. And uh, sometimes we we feel like that happens to us in life, where it's like we, we've gotten so far, and now we just kind of get wadded up, and we're going to start over again. And and that's okay. It's not a bad place to be. And uh, because if you you can't really, you know, if you're building a house, for example, uh, if the foundation is all messed up, if it's not square, if it's not straight and all that stuff, then you can, you know, do all the, you can have uh, John Ming come and build it for you. It's still going to be messed up because the foundation is not right. I and mean, he could probably make it work, but... Um, uh, I remember watching him in, in wonder all those years ago, thinking, "Wow, this guy's a genius." But uh, um, so he took this thing, this this vessel, and, and he made it over again, and and he and he got it to turn out the way he wanted to this time. And and he and he says, "You know, could I not do the same with you?" And you know, uh, as I've said before. I usually think the correct answer here is yes. Yes, you can. Um, and there's always that little voice of, uh, well, sure, yeah, God, you can, except for I'm too busy catching frogs and not paying attention to what you're you're doing or what you want me to do. And so I'm sure I'm going to miss the boat somewhere and I'm just going to look up one day with my uh, hand pockets full of frogs and you're going to be gone, you know. And and yet God says that 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 uh, that He's going to finish this stuff in us. Uh, so skip over with me to uh, chapter two here in Philippians. And I was going to start later on, but let's go ahead and just skip back to verse one. This is one of those things that you can't hardly skip over it. If it's there, you just kind of have to read it. So, yeah. but, it, but it has to do with what we're talking about. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, 
if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That sounds like the guy that had the had the one talent that uh, that he was he was afraid to do anything with it, so he buried it uh, because you know that guy was all concerned about making sure that he, he kept this thing pure that God gave him or whatever, and and yet he would have him be concerned about other people, and it's easy to get really wound up in your own life and your own things. And and forget about the things that other people are going through. It's actually a blessing. Sometimes you know when you're you're thinking, actually, I have enough problems of my own. When somebody wants to talk to you about their problem, and uh, because it's it's really uh, a blessing to be able to talk to them about their issues and remind them of of why why it's going to be okay, and and how God's going to bring them through it successfully. And uh, and then they walk away, and you get out your mirror, and then you repeat it all. You know. And and so it's uh, it's a blessing. So um, and I think it's interesting that he talks about all those things, this being like-minded and caring about the people around us. And he says, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." So if we all are striving towards that mind, then then all these other things would would fall into place. But he says, "Let it be there." You know, it's it's as if he's just waiting. To put it in there. He's waiting to keep feeding this thing in, and and all he needs you is to do is to let him do it. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I like that because that's a great thing to think about when you kind of want to just think about your your half-finished project and how pitiful it looks. It's like, well, actually, you know, Thinking about him and and him being all high and lifted up, and how it's like this the same God who's not a quitter who's going to get this thing finished in me this is this is that God, this name above every name, so that's a great thing, so he says in verse twelve, <coughs> excuse me, wherefore beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Isn't that every parent's dream? You have obeyed in my presence and in my absence as well. That's my dream. Um, no, but he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And that's uh, an interesting thought because this, this word fear is like reverence. Uh it is also used to mean terror, but I don't think that's what he's talking about here. You know, because, and this is one of those verses that makes people nervous 
like me to work out my own salvation. I thought God had that all under control. Indeed, He does. Um, but, um, but this now we come to this sense of He has something that He wants from me in working with Him. Now I'm handing Him some tools, right? And and so um, so the sense of cooperation that He's talking about here. Is, is a really important thing. Um, I was talking to my kids about how how much everybody in my house loves to fold laundry and put it away. It's like the, the song of, of joy at my house. Not really. And, um, and I was <laughs> talking to them about how, okay, so I've, I've told you to do this, and... So you could either you could do it without complaining out loud or in your mind even, because that's actually going to make it harder on you emotionally to push through this task. What you could do is just cooperate and do what you've been asked to do, and and uh, dare I use the word surrender, because I get that you probably don't want to do it. I don't want to do it either. That's why you're doing it. But. Um, <laughs> Now, I lead by example most of the time. And, um, but if, uh, if this is going to have to get done, and indeed the things that God is doing in your life are going to have to get done, then I may as well cooperate with Him and, and surrender on the things He'd have me surrender on and, and just work with Him. So when He's, um, when he's laying on the floor underneath this thing and he's like, you know, hand me that, that screwdriver, then I hand him the screwdriver. And instead of, what? I didn't hear you. <laughs> or, you know, it's like, hang on, let me, let me finish. I'm almost done with this level. You know, it's like, that's, that would be not cooperating with him. But he says, um, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And and he says here, or in the the Darby, this is really great because it says that it's God which uh, works in you the willing and the working of His good pleasure. And so, um, I think so often we get caught up with, but I just don't want to. It's like I I it's like I want to want to, but I don't want to, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, and that's what God's saying He does. It's like I, I know how to fix the want to thing, and you know, and it goes back to that interesting question that Amy asked a while back about um, what's the difference between doing something because you know it's the right thing versus just you know doing it out of the right heart or whatever. And and indeed, we we do start out that sense of obedience with this is just the right thing to do. See, I grew up uh, an only child. And um, fairly spoiled, really. Um, and uh, when I got a little older, it's like you know, uh, Mike and I kind of became more and more like wrapped. Our lives kind of got all tangled up, and he couldn't get away from me. And so we just kind of got even closer as we got older. And uh, you know. 
Mike has siblings that he didn't really grow up with, but he came up, uh, from his upbringing, he came up very generous. He likes to share. He likes to make sure everybody's taken care of. And I grew up looking out for number one. And so you can imagine how well that worked for me when we were growing up. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> um, and and it's a, a testament to his character that, that he's remained my friend for the last 30 years. But um, as we got older and then our, our, our finances started becoming linked together, and he'd be like, hey, you know, what do you think about, you know, doing, you know, X, Y, and Z, generous deed, you know, insert person's name here. And, and I think, well, that's, that's a great idea, actually. I hadn't thought of that. I like that idea. And so we would, you know, do that thing. And I would think, wow, that was really cool. I liked that. That felt good. You know, and so, like, I learned how to do that. And so, and there were times that those kinds of moments came up, and I really didn't want to. It didn't seem like a good fit. It didn't seem like a good time, or I was, I was mad at this person. And it's like, well, actually, this would be the one of those right. This is the right thing to do moments. And and while while God is eminently interested in what my heart is thinking, uh, He also knows that if I put that aside and do the right thing, then that that can really make a change in in me and in my heart. And it does. Indeed, it does. And so he says that it's God that works the willing and the working in you. So he puts that willingness there. You know, uh, if you've never read God's Smuggler, shame on you. Um, you should. But uh, no, it's a really great book, and it's really precious. This guy was uh, a little kid in Holland during World War II, so it's kind of like reading like it's like the hiding place, the next generation. You know, and and it's like this guy smuggled Bibles into um, uh, uh, communist uh, the communist bloc during the like the 50s and 60s and stuff. And uh, no, brother Andrew doesn't tell anybody what his last name is ever. <laughs> but um, uh, in fact, I think he actually still uh, is is working on that stuff uh, in uh, like Muslim countries now. But <clears throat> anyway, um, he he and his wife were in this place where they they got to bless them with this really neat house, and it was when they bought it, it was lived out as they say, and so they put a lot of sweat equity into this house and had really made it their own and uh, raising their children there and everything, and they really needed some money to get some Bibles. And they were praying and asking God to provide, and nothing was happening. And uh, and he said, you know, maybe we just need to sell the house. And she's like, uh, no, I, I don't think that's that would be the thing. And uh, he's like, yeah, I don't like it either. But you know, we just we need to get something. We need to get some momentum going here. So let's just pray about it. And he's like, and it was the most pathetic <laughs> prayer ever, because it was like, it was like we basically sat down and said, you know, God, we don't want to sell our house. Like this house, 
and and you've blessed it, and I don't want to give it up. Uh, but doing your work is more important than our house. And so we're not even asking you to help us sell the house yet. We're just asking you to help us be willing to be willing to sell the house. And he's like, with this thimbleful of willingness that we handed him, uh, like immediately, um, this uh, he had because he was dealing with this um, print shop in England about uh, doing these little teeny tiny Bibles, and they were even in like the uh, the Cyrillic script that a lot of those Eastern European languages are, and their Bibles were much much bigger than 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 Western Bibles because of the script itself is different. And this guy had, like, somebody had had actually had, like, this little teeny tiny Bible. And uh, and he was just so enamored with that because he's like, I could I could take, like, five times as many Bibles with me every trip if I could just get a hold of these. And so that's what he was after. And, um, and But it was going to cost us just astronomical amount of money. And uh, to, to make the, the smallest run possible that, that the printer would do. And uh, <clears throat> so they they pray about you know willing to, being willing to be willing to sell their house, which I, I like that because I mean that's that's like well I I want to do this kind of sort of almost maybe, and and uh, and yet like right after that this letter shows up and they're like uh, hey um, so we can print those for you know X amount of dollars instead if you want to do. X, Y, and Z. I forget all the details at the moment, but they didn't. They didn't sell their house. They actually had the money for that, and um, and God just blessed it, and so they, they didn't have to do that. But they there was they they understood that God could put the willingness in there to to do what God would have them do, uh, which I take a great amount of comfort in because sometimes you think, but I just don't want to. <laughs> You know, and 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 God knows how to work with that, and you know, I mean, because we can do the right thing, and there, and that's that's a fantastic thing, uh, and, it, and it's very very good for us, builds character. Um, but He also knows how to to bring about that willingness where He brings us into line with, with what He wants to do, and that goes right back to Him finishing His work in us because He's He's getting those things done, and then He wraps up this little. Uh, this little thing with doing all things without murmurings and disputings, um, because I know sometimes, uh, and I'm guilty, when when we're faced with the task that we don't want to deal with or we don't want to do, it's really easy to murmur and dispute about it. You know, and murmuring is great because it's like I'm telling you, I'm giving you a message indirectly. Like I'm going to say it where I know you're going to hear me, but I'm going to pretend like you're not supposed to, and thereby get my message across to you in this indirect, broken-down, communicating kind of way. Um, you know, I was reading this book with the kids, and and it's interesting because this one of the characters is this really smart girl, and she's like dealing with all these girls and all their little catty things that, that elementary school age girls do. And she is totally lost. She's like, I don't get it. She's like, she's like, they would look at each other and like have this whole conversation without saying anything, and I would be completely lost. 
and her brother is very like street smart. And he's like, yeah, you should stay away from those girls because this is what they're doing. And then so it is, you know. Um, and so, um, you know, I like that kind of straightforward communicating thing where you say what you mean and like to them. I like that. It's nice. Um, but uh, it's easy to, to murmur when God wants you to do something that you don't want to do. And uh, and disputings like there's, I could come up with like a big old list of reasons why this is a bad idea. It's like, and now I'm gonna sell you on it. It's like, okay, reason number one, I got like this PowerPoint presentation. It's like, okay, Jesus, I don't want to do this. Here's why this is bad. You know, and um, and so that goes back to the cooperating with him doing the right thing doesn't it like not murmuring and disputing because uh, it's one thing to have it in your head it's another thing to say it it's another thing to have it's one thing to have it in your head it's another thing to let it just kind of knock around in there and, and kind of hang on to it and and you know get it out and polish it and brush its hair and everything you know, uh, you know those kinds of things are the things that we that we uh, tie them up and, and toss them out. You know, and uh, and so he says that you know doing those things, you know, this mur- without the murmuring, the speeding, he says that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom he shine his lights in the world. That's great, and. Uh, you would think that that he was talking about today when it, when he wrote that, you know? and uh, you know. But it's interesting because when you when you really let God do those things in your life, then you really do seem different to the people around you, and and people can tell that there's something different about you, and uh, and that's always an interesting moment. When when uh, they start asking you those questions, and it's like, well, let me tell you about that. Like, actually, I'm different because of this. You know, I'm different because of him. And uh, you know, some people are really interested in that, and some people are like, you know, backing away slowly, feeling for the door. You know, and uh, but it's precious because a lot of times God gives you a chance to kind of get all tangled up in somebody's life before they ask you those kinds of questions and then they can't really get away from you. Which is great. You know, Cynthia and I used to go sing gospel at the, the old folks' home in the in the uh, uh, dining hall during dinner. And uh, we called it the captive audience gospel hour because they weren't going anywhere. And uh, I preached at them at least as much as we sang. And uh, there were people that would just like, I'd never seen old people eat their food that fast. And it's like, you know, it's like they'd get up. I mean, they'd just like eat 90 miles an hour and like hobble out of there. And and uh, and it was like, and it was funny because there were sometimes that you know people would do that, and it it would just be like you know the spirit of God would just not settle, and it was like pushing a broken shopping cart, and that person would get up and leave, and then it was just oh, and there was God, you know. And uh, you know, and, and eventually God, you know, changed directions on that. We quit doing that. But uh, you know, but it's great when you've got somebody kind of stuck listening to you, and they can't really get away from you. So I like that. But you know, but so 
you know, so God knows how to get done in us the things that He does, and and so we, you know, we get all bunched up about, am I doing the right things? Am I, um, you know, it's like, well, because surely if I've not done X, Y, and Z, then He's not going to be happy with me, and um, despair, you know, and and yet what God does is is He just works on us. And, and when he when he needs us to cooperate on something, if we don't catch it the first time, he doesn't fly off the handle. He doesn't throw things. He just he just brings you back around to it again, and until until you get the idea, you know, if if only I were that patient, and uh, and he he, uh, but he says that he's going to be faithful to complete that work. You know, he's going to finish it, and so. The only thing that I can think of that would prevent him from finishing it is if you just won't let him. Because he's not he's not going to keep working on you if you don't let him. And uh so uh that's fairly easy most of the time. And if it's not easy, then it's God that brings the that willing and the working to do that stuff in you. So he knows how to cover all the bases. So it's like you you can't throw a problem up to him that he can't he doesn't have a solution for. So uh, you know the the word of God sometimes is like a medicine cabinet. It's like well I'm thinking I'm thinking bleh. It's like okay well I'm gonna go find something for bleh in the Bible, and and it's a really great exercise to do and it really does work and usually doesn't take four to six hours. So. <laughs> Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We praise you. We just uh, we thank you for your faithfulness to us and, and uh, your commitment to getting these things done in us, God. And uh, we pray, God, that you would put in us that willingness and that uh, commitment to to hand you the tools and to uh, let you do in us the things that you're doing. God, that that mind that you're putting in us uh, would be fully formed in us. And that we would have that like-mindedness with you and with one another. And that uh, the world would indeed see you in us uh, because of the, the work that you're doing in us. God, we just pray that uh, uh, that we would be that that light that, uh, that the people around us could see, Lord God, as uh, it gets darker and darker, Lord God, the, the need for the light is greater and greater. And we just pray, Jesus, that you would do these things in us as only you can. In your name we pray. Amen.